Welcome everybody back to the Friar Talk podcast and YouTube channel. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Padres lineup and basically the lack of, of value, the lack of power, lack of impact players in this lineup. Um, and really what we believe is one of the Padres biggest problems heading into this year. So we're talking about, should you be worried about the Padres lineup? And I'll tell you right now, my answer is yes, absolutely. We look at the lineup today. There are some alterations that could be made, but we're going to go through the, these lineups too without Fernando Tatis because he's not going to be starting the year. Now, of course, you add Fernando Tatis, that makes your lineup significantly better. That is a very obvious thing about this team. But looking into it, we're going to talk about today's lineup, March 30th, spring training game. Potter lineup looked like this. Grisham leading off in center field. Machado hitting second. Cronenworth hitting third. Boyd hitting fourth, Hosmer hitting fifth, Myers hitting sixth, Nola hitting seventh, Matt Beatty hitting eighth, and Haseon Kim hitting ninth. So two through two through four, really solid. Machado, Cronworth, Voigt, that is really solid. But outside of that, you have guys that either struggle in some way, like Myers strikes out way too much, or Hosmer grounds into double plays or grounds to the right side of the infield way too much. Grisham is super up and down. Nola is often in injured. Matt Beatty, we haven't seen a ton of him. His issue is more that he is a horrendous defensive player. Um, and then Haseon Kim had barely a 600 OPS last year. Has had a good spring, something to bring up. So we're going through this lineup. One other thing I want to bring up before we before I turn it over to you guys is uh, Bob Melvin had a, 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 a quote today talking about C.J. Abrams. And did bring up that he is going to get reps in center field. Also, Agi Rosario was optioned, which means that they need another infielder. If CJ Abrams is taking reps in center field to be the backup center fielder, because right now this team does not have one, and you see that Agi Rosario was sent down, the chances that CJ Abrams makes the roster are a lot higher than before. So we can kind of add him in as a reserve piece. We can add Jerks and Profar in as a reserve piece. I know I say Abrams as a reserve piece. I, that's not something I'm advocating for, but that's what I'm expecting to happen. Um, we can also talk about Voight, you know, playing first base, Cronworth playing first base, them kind of playing around with the infield. But looking at this lineup, kind of using this one as the base lineup, and then, you know, there's some adjustments that can be made. Definitely bring up what you guys think they should do. But how concerned are you? Chase, you can start it off. It seems like they just stockpiled at certain positions and – left other positions kind of like we don't need this and uh, we certainly do we have four catchers or technically three but don't know if Camposano is going to make the roster you have three you have two who could be above average hitters that's if Alfaro continues to do what he did in training guy's been killing it he deserves his props but at that point you have two catchers who they both can't start at the same time who could provide some value with both their defense and offense. And then you have Caratini. Caratini's only use to the team is he catches you Darvish. He hit less than 230 last year, had a horrible OPS, got on base at a decent clip, but even when he was making contact, it wasn't very strong contact. He hit a lot of weak pop flies, a lot of weak ground balls, and then you're just wasting a roster spot there. We thought maybe Alfaro was going to be playing left field. 
but it kind of seems the team goes, you know what? You're a catcher, and he even said, I'm a catcher. I can play any position you guys need me to, but I'm a catcher first and foremost. So, okay, he's not playing left field anymore. So you can't start both Nola and Alfaro because now you have Voight at DH, and you don't want to put Voight every day first baseman because he's often injured, just like Nola. You don't want to start Nola every catcher either. And you then you get Eric Cosmer stuck at first base because Fernando's out and then Cronenworth can't play first. But then the Padres are not going to sit Eric Cosmer because he's owed all this money, even though he's probably the worst first baseman in the MLB. So now you have Kim, who he has a lot of potential. He's had a really good spring, but who knows if that's going to translate into this season. So very unproven guy at short, great defensive glove, but doesn't hit for a lot of power, had barely over a 600 OPS at short. Machado, who's proven, Cronenworth, who's proven, Hosmer, who is looking to have a comeback year at first, and then you have Myers and Wright, who's probably the streakiest hitter in all of baseball, where when he's on, he's fantastic, but when he's off, it feels like a hole in your lineup. Grisham, who is very unproven, and then you have the hole in left field that's been filled by Beatty and Profar. Beatty only hits right-handers really well, but he had negative seven defensive runs saved, which was equal to Castellanos, but played less games in left field. So it could have been worse. And then you have Profar, who has had a couple disappointing years outside of 2020. And even 2020, it was at the very end of the year where he finally got hot. And we've seen him play outfield, and it hasn't been that great. So you have a case of you have a few positions that are overly well-stocked where people can't play every single day, where you get, you probably want these guys playing every single day. And you have this hole in left field that, okay, these guys hit left or hit righties really well. But we don't have anyone that can hit lefties really well in the outfield unless you throw Alfaro out there against right uh, against lefties. But... Is that really what you want to do? And so even if you stack up the lineup, you're going to have a hole for left field. And God forbid someone gets hurt in the outfield. If we lose Grisham again, as of right now, Myers is the only guy that can man center field outside of Profar. And Profar, I don't know who's going to be worse. Profar or Myers in center field. It's like a flip of a coin. This lineup is not built for sustained success for over 162 game seasons. I would feel confident if this was like a 60 to 100 game season. But for 162, you're going to have to hope for some good at the deadline. Uh, we need an impact back. We need a true left fielder or even a true right fielder and move Myers over to left. You need something. And uh, we're missing that right now. Yeah, I think even as the roster stands right now, you need to definitely fill one of those corner outfield spots. But uh, looking at the lineup today, it's actually a very realistic lineup for like we could see it on opening day. I think opening day we're going to face Mad Bum, though. So maybe not opening day, but whenever we face a righty, um, this is the most likely lineup we'll see, which I think I think, Matt, you said, you know, the top or numbers two through four solidified. Yes, Machado, Cronenworth, Boy, of course, that's exactly what I'd expect. Grisham at leadoff, he's been leading off the past two years here and there. Most of the time he has been leading off. Still very streaky hitter. Um, 
like we don't know what to expect. I think a lot of people were giving, and even I was, you know, giving him a lot of a lot of praise, a lot of hype going into the 2021 season. I think it's a little bit of a understatement to say I was let down, maybe not defensively, but at the plate at least. You know, he had a solid couple weeks where he was really good, but for mo- for the most part, it wasn't a very uh, encouraging effort by Trent Grisham. I will say, you know, there's a lot of potential for him to bounce back. Um, he has a very good eye at the plate. He can hit for some power, and uh, you know, but that's the thing. He's pretty streaky. He's still young. He can still figure it out. Um, Luke Voigt, of course, expects a lot of bombs. Machado and Cornerworth, I don't even have to talk about him. Now, coming to Hosmer and Myers, um, I do think you're still going to see a lot of Hosmer at first, unfortunately. Like Chase said, he does get paid a lot, and it seems like the Padres are you know, pretty set on having him in the lineup just because just of that salary. Uh, I mean, of course, it's not something we want to see, but at least in April and May, he's pretty good, right? Uh, so maybe he can help us in April and May. But, yeah, I definitely – we know what to expect from Hosmer. We know what to expect from Myers. I feel like having them back to back is like a death sentence, man. Like we've seen it, we saw it last year, and it it never worked out. I don't understand the point of having them back to back again. I really don't think you should do back to back Hosmer and Myers because it last year it proved to be very poor in the res- <laughs> in results, and it should not happen again. Um, Nola, of course, he's back there as the as the primary catcher. He's everybody's favorite catcher to throw to so i absolutely expect that hopefully he can hit for more power this year i think that needs to be implemented in his game for him to be one of the best catchers in baseball matt Beatty. so i was actually looking at his splits right now versus left and right versus left-handed pitchers only 20 at bats he hit 350 with a 909 ops only 20 at bats though so maybe in the past he's been bad against lefties but last year he was pretty good I don't expect that to happen considering he's a left-handed hitter. Um, against righties, he had 261, 358 OBP, 750 OPS, so around what I'd expect from him. But um, maybe we will see him against lefties more than we think. And, of course, we'll see Will Myers in the lineup against lefties. I hope you know they don't pull a Jace Tingler where they pull him out in Arizona or in Colorado and, and against lefties. But, um yeah, I think we're going to see Will Myers and Matt Beatty a lot against lefties. Supposedly, you know, somebody commented on our video, I forgot who it was, that Jerkson Profar is actually pretty good from the right side in recent years, which I, I've yet to see, but, you know, I'd love to see it. But uh, if you look at positional depth, we have none. Currently, the the backup outfielder at every position is Jerkson Profar. So if somebody goes down, Jerkson Profar is slotting in no matter what, pretty much, unless you get C.J. Abrams out there um, in the infield. Whichever, if, if one of the second basemen, which is Cronenworth, let's say Abram starts at shortstop the year. We don't know. I doubt it. But let's say he were to start or Machado gets hurt or Tatis gets hurt again. Who's the backup? It's only Hassan Kim unless they, unless they have C.J. Abrams come up. But currently where the roster stands right now, you know, going based off last year, it's only Hassan Kim. So I would absolutely expect Abrams to crack the opening day roster. Not a very encouraging lineup, though. You don't have much power. Losing Tatis is... The biggest blow to a lineup that I can think of. Um, you lose all your power. You lose your best player. You lose, you know, very important base running. You lose everything when you lose Tatis. So, you know, this lineup's going to have to come together. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't expect them to be studs, but be somewhat productive and help the pitching out. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough when you have two actual outfielders on the roster. That's what they're probably going to go in with. I don't view Jerkson Profar as a natural outfielder. 
Obviously, C.J. Abrams is not a natural outfielder. He hasn't even taken reps in the outfield yet. Matt Beatty, he, I think if you would have taken his season over like a full 162 games, I'm guessing just based off that, and it was a small sample size, but I'm guessing he would have been the worst defensive corner outfielder because um, his numbers are bad. They're like very, very bad. Chase, you brought up that he had the same, uh, like the same amount of negative defensive run saved as Nick Cassianos, but Cassianos played five times as many innings as him in the outfield. So that is extremely concerning. And, and really what this is going to come down to is what is Preller doing? Like, we can go through and we can talk about the pitching and we did, and we get, we gave a lot of praise for what this staff looks like, what we believe the coaching staff will be able to do with this pitching staff. Ton of faith there. But then you go, you flip and you look at the, at the lineup and you go, AJ probably have only two outfielders on the roster. Why do you only draft middle infielders and refuse to like, you have no value in the outfield. And not only that, but it's burned you in the past and it's going to burn you again this year. There's a there's a realistic chance that the Padres outfield is among the a bottom five outfield in the entire league. If Christian does not have a bounce back season, if Myers is struggles, say he has a little bit of a down year compared to his past seasons. I mean, even if he does that, if Grisham doesn't bounce back and Grisham struggles, he's gonna be our best outfielder. That's not a good guy to have as your best outfielder, especially when you add in, oh, who's our left fielder? It's a Matt Beatty jerks and profile platoon. That's awful. Like, that's an awful platoon. And I'm not trying to knock Profire or Beatty. Like, I think that Profire as a depth infielder is all right. I think Beatty as a depth outfielder, guy that can, like, you know, play first a little bit and can kind of play a, a different role than just, like, platoon left field where, like, he's strictly in left. I think that's a better way to use him. But if he's your number one option in left field or Jerks and Profire is your number one option in left field, we'll see how it, how it ends up playing out. That's really bad. And that's really concerning. And when you are fifth in the league in payroll and you do not have a like a, a starting capable player at in playing in left field, that's an issue. When you have that and you have four catchers on the roster, you have twice as many catchers as outfielders. Please tell me how that makes any sense in terms of roster construction. It doesn't. It makes absolutely no sense. And there's no other team in the league that's constructed their that's trying to win that's constructed their roster in a way where they have doubled the amount of catchers that they do for three outfield spots. I mean, one position compared to three and you have twice as many guys. That's really bad. Just throwing guys out in the outfield has not worked. We've seen it. We've seen Profar struggle out there. We've seen when we put Profar in center field, we've even seen Meyer struggle out there. And we've talked about in the past, like stick him to one position and stop playing with them. And they did that, but he's not the best fielder. He's more suited for left field, but you don't have a guy to go into right field. So you look at this team and there's so many question marks, especially in terms of the lineup and it's extremely concerning and we should be really worried because when it comes to winning games, you, there might be an error in the outfield. We might see like them lose multiple games in the first couple months because, Oh, like someone completely misplayed a ball or the outfield combined today to go for over 11. Like we are going to see those games and it's going to be brutal. Um, so I think that's, that's something where when we're looking at AJ Preller's tenure, what is he in year eight now? This is gonna be your eight, right? He's already had, I want to say it's year eight, 2015, maybe years 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, 22, 22. This is going to be eight. You're eight and you don't have a left fielder. And you have Fernando Tatis making $5 million on your team. I know he's hurt, but like that doesn't give an excuse of why would you, why would you construct your lineup in this egregiously bad way? So 
this is something that I'm I'm really upset with just because it it makes absolutely no sense. And it's almost like, oh, like we're not really contending this year. I mean, we've heard some of the ownership's con- comments. We've heard Peter Sauber kind of say, like, oh, yeah, you know, like winning this year isn't going to mean everything. We see NFL teams do it with guys on rookie deals. We also te- see teams do this with young players on cheap contracts. Tatis is on a cheap contract right now. In a couple years, he's going to be making way more money. And the putters are basically banking on if they keep him. Luis Campusano, James Wood, um, Robert Hassel, CJ Abrams to all pan out and be cheap options for the Padres to work with. The pitching is running out. Like the, a lot of these guys don't have many years left in their deal. So this is a win now type of year. This year and next year are big time win now years. And you don't have a left fielder. That's embarrassing. And ultimately, if the left field and the outfield is a disaster, that is a fireball offense for, for AJ Perler. Absolutely, I think. So. I don't know where you guys are at with with AJ Preller in this, but I think the roster construction is is honestly just like pitiful if you have two outfielders starting on your opening day roster. Not just to mention that we saw how many outfielders took cheap deals that we were advocating for, like Soler making twelve million dollars a year for the next three years. Like he could be a solid left fielder. I w- well, a solid bat. He'd hit forty plus home runs in your lineup. You could plug up a hole then when you have Tatis in, you have three guys that have the potential to hit 40 home runs in Machado, Tatis, and Soler. And even then, he could be an emergency DH. You could trade Eric Cosmer, and then you have Cronenworth move over to first, Abrams go to second, Tatis go to short for the future. And then you'd still have Luke Voigt and Soler as a mix-in DH and left field and Soler. Or you could have went Eddie Rosario, who's been a proven bat. He took a pretty cheap deal just a couple of years. He's a stopgap for Hassel. He can play both left and right. Profile would go back to being a depth piece. And he would provide some power in the outfield. If not, there was a few other guys that I'm forgetting. But hey, even Conforto's still out there without a deal. He's probably going to take a cheaper deal now because he realized no one is signing him. You still have a chance to make this right. Jock but for you... $6 million too? Oh, yeah. Jock for $6 million. What? How can you not just go and swing? Okay, six and a half. Come to San Diego instead. And you get a really good outfielder, and I can play all three positions, and you'd have a backup center fielder most importantly. There's so many options that you could have went, and you didn't. Yeah, it's pretty poor. Um, the construction of the lineup is absolutely poor when you only have Grisham and Myers. These are two outfielders. There's two guys that one is very young and very inconsistent and still trying to find his foot in the MLB, and the other is on a bad contract. Thought you had him. Thought you got a good deal when you traded him after his rookie of the year type year or when he did win the rookie of the year, and then you got a 3.5 war out of him, and then, I mean – Gotten, haven't gotten much out of him outside of 2020 other than that. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, of course, the outfield's pretty poor. I think we're just going to have to wait and see until around the trade deadline. Um, around the trade deadline, we'll see how teams are doing. We'll see how this Padres team is doing, um, basically how the outfield is doing and, and uh, you, you know, injuries and every – teams will start to sell. Like, I, at the trade deadline, I think, is when the outfield will be solidified. Um, that's a long time away. That's – 
maybe when Fernando comes back in June, um, then we can get start seeing more C.J. Abrams out in the corner outfield spots, out in center field. Because, I mean, this is going to have to be a makeshift outfield, even if they want to play. I saw they wanted to play Grisham every day. I don't realistically think you can do that unless he proves to be the player he was in 2020. When throughout 2021, we didn't really see that player. And uh, it's still yet to be said whether that's a down year for Trent Grisham or not. We don't know. Obviously, in spring training, nothing is looking very good for Trent Grisham, but it is only spring training. Um, however, it's not good to see considering how much we want a bounce back season from Trent Grisham. Um, I think, I mean, like the roster is not really set up for much success. They're lucky they have so many easy, easy series to, to you know, begin the season. But I think, you know, we talked about the pitching. We said the pitching is going to have to carry them, and that's going to remain the case up until Fernando comes back. And it's crazy because you don't expect, of course, for any team, somebody like Fernando is going to make a detrimental difference. But this much, it's kind of crazy how top-heavy how top heavy this team is, especially considering how much you're relying on a superstar. Remember, they kept rushing him back, you know, 10-day IL, 10-day IL, 10-day IL, when it was very clear sometimes he needed more because, I mean, quite frankly, that was their – that was their catalyst, you know. That was their best. Of course, that's their best hitter. He hit like 15 more home runs than the next the next best guy on our team. Um, so regarding Matt Beatty, though, um, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit. It's a good, it's a good guy to pick up. It's actually a really good trade, considering you didn't really go up much. Now, of course, it's not the trade we wanted, but um, it's outfield depth. I wish it was just outfield depth. It seems like he's gonna be plugged into a starting role. And, of course, we think of him as a death piece, but this is what we're going to have to roll with right now. And it's quite unfortunate considering, Matt, you brought up, you know, we are the fifth. We do have the fifth highest payroll in baseball. Like how I think the teams ahead of us are much more complete teams than we are. I forgot who they were, but the um, I think there's a good – who is it? The Dodgers, of course, the Mets. Um, who are the other two? Yankees and Phillies. Ooh, the Yankees might not be as complete. But I, the, I think the Yankees. Maybe not the, maybe not the Phillies either. I think we're kind no, of like the Phillies. The Phillies are pretty complete. I never liked the Phillies, <laughs> but um, I mean, when you add Kyle and Schwarber, I mean, oh yeah, Schwarber's impact right there. Castellanos will not be an impact back. <laughs> As a DH, I think he could be. Schwarber's gonna be left field. You still have Harper. You have um, I'm forgetting there. Riavramoto. You have a few other guys in the infield. I think they're gonna be solid. I guess only time will tell because we were all down on Castellano, so this is definitely a makeshift, a makeshift thought here. But um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I think this this team's not it's not a complete roster. Of course, when Tatis comes back, it'll look better. When the trade deadline comes, I fully expect AJ to take a swing. Um, depending on where the team is, I don't think this is absolutely a, a win now year. Uh, Matt, you brought up Tatis only making five mil in football. If your quarterback is making five mil or less, you put everything around him to to you know make sure he's successful. Um, even right now, I'm a Charger fan. Brandon Staley came out and said with Derwin on still on his rookie deal, he's kind of treating him like a quarterback and putting around, putting uh putting pieces around him too. He's kind of like the quarterback of our defense, and he's putting pieces around him. But for us, Justin Herbert, we put you know multiple defensive linemen. We gave fat contracts to wide receivers. Like we're putting these people in position to succeed. Whereas the Padres, you know, you got Fernando making five mil then you got Manny making the 30. That's worth it. You got Jake Cronenworth making less than a hunt than a million, but you got your first baseman who's worth negative 
uh, negative war, making 20 million. You got Will Myers, who puts up 1.4 on a good day, war, making 20 million also. Christian, don't know. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of money, but yeah, man, a lot of this money is allocated to bad places. Yeah, pretty frustrating stuff here. Um, told you guys we we're going to have a negative episode after we uh, hyped up the pitching staff. So, on one hand, we love the pitching staff. On another hand, we don't know what AJ Peller was doing with this roster and don't understand why this is a lineup when you have guys making this much money. Um, I know that what we did talk about, Chase, you brought up trading Hosmer. Um, I do wonder, like, if that was even possible, if it was an enormous price, because we talked about the Jesse Winker trade being kind of an indicator like, hey, they just dumped a big contract and they gave up Jesse Winker to do that. That's crazy. Is that part of it? Probably. But that's not an excuse to to give the, to give out those contracts. Um, so I, I think it's just very frustrating. I think and I think all you all you guys listening too, like you probably feel the same way. You probably think, okay, yeah, this is why do we have a left field like this? And it's just it's just not a good look. Maybe they maybe it's more of a hey, let's like let's just hang in there for a little bit and then we're gonna make some moves during the season. But the way I see it is like, why didn't you make those moves in the offseason? Why didn't you sign a why didn't you sign a better left fielder when you can? And if you can't, then move a guy like Jerkson Profar that makes seven million. Move Caratini who makes two million. Move people like that that maybe it's not an Eric Hosmer or a Will Myers, but there are guys on this team that make enough money that if you move them that can make a, a noticeable difference. Um, and there's other contracts too. We won't get into them all, but it is just frustrating when you have, you know, a hole at first, a hole at left. Um, and your other option, I mean, shortstop right now, like we're going to see what Haseon Kim does, but that could be a very, very weak bat in the lineup. Luckily he's been balling out in spring. Don't put a ton of stock in the spring training numbers though. So we'll see how it plays out, but I think it's going to do it for today's episode. Um, later this week, we're going to be going over the, our top 30 prospects. We're going to do 30 to 21, 20 to 11, and then our top 10 over the next three days. So stay tuned for that. Um, but that's going to, that's going to be doing it. That's going to do it for today. So thank you all for listening and we'll talk more about the Padres in the upcoming videos.